This is SR1. Talkative. Magazine on air. Listening to Talkative Magazine on Air here on News Talk STL. And guess where we are? Where are we, Emily? Well, gosh, you should know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to spill the beans. That's true. We are in Destin, Florida. <laughs> yes, something tried and true for us. Mm-hmm. We did an episode uh, back in May when we were here. And this time, we are actually in the penthouse of the same condo building. So yeah, uh, this is our, is this our third time here now? Fourth. No. Fourth. Yeah, yeah. This is our fourth time here. And the first three times we were in the same place and we've just upgraded and it's really nice. We have more space. I know. Room for the kiddo, all the good stuff. So I know next time we're down here, he will most certainly be in like toddler bed, twin bed land, which will be crazy. But this is about the last time that we can get away with the pack and play situation. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's going to be nice to have a little extra space. I know. I'm so excited. We just got here, so we haven't really started relaxing yet. But no. But uh, we got lots to talk about this week. Let's get it on! I have a couple of updates. Cool. So, yeah. So um, I mentioned last week that Drew Barrymore was kind of in hot water because Although the writers and actors have all been on strike and Drew Barrymore now hosts a talk show in which she employs some of the writers who are on strike, she had announced that she was going to bring her show back uh, for season four Mm -hmm. and start recording. And people were upset about that because she'd previously stated that she was, you know, supporting the the strike and the unions and, you know, standing in solidarity. um, But then she was going to just start her show again. So people were picketing. Well, go figure. You know, nobody nobody has a backbone these days. You can't just make a decision and live with the consequences. And of course, Drew being the, you know, cry and woe is me type she is, filmed a, an apology video and mm-hmm. was, you know, oh a sobby, gosh. weepy mess. And I'm so sorry. And now guess what? Season four is postponed. She's back on hold in solidarity with the writers. Man, I, I, I got to be honest. I'm surprised that she was going to move forward with it at all. Like, I, I, was, I was pretty surprised that was her stance to begin with because she is such a sappy, emotional, you know, sob and hug her guests kind of person. I would have thought she would have been so empathetic. And I know. So I'm I'm not at all surprised that she apologized and now it's postponed. Not at all. Well, I'm not surprised, but also I, so I saw something about this. Um, and basically I guess the way it works is that like only certain writers unions are a part of the strike. Not every writer in Hollywood is falls under this umbrella. Mm-hmm. And so I guess only three of the writers on her show technically are you know part of the strike and the rest of her cast and crew doesn't fall under that so the thought was supposedly right that like all these other people's jobs are being put on hold and their livelihoods are at stake because of the three people on her set that do are impacted Mm -hmm. by the strike so uh, you know it was like a 
it is it's that conundrum of like you know the train is going to hit one person right. or it's going to hit seven do you pull the lever so that it only hits the one instead of the seven even though it now you've whatever no so. no no I, I that's interesting actually i did not know that knowing that now how, what are your thoughts well, honestly, I don't I, I wish I knew more about the strike itself yeah. in terms of the writer, the writer side of things. I'm not entirely sure all the details on. I've been more abreast of the actor side of things and where they stand in terms of um, pay for residuals and right. the AI stuff. But the writers, I'm assuming it's just low wages, um, which yeah. clearly there's. They're the talent that makes this work, right? Like, you know, your talk show hosts and things, most of them would have no careers if the writers weren't good. So I tend to think there's probably some some merit to right. the strike. But also, yeah, it, it would suck to be one of the other people on this set. And you're like, well, our jobs are safe. Like, we don't fall under the union. We just want to get paid and go to work. And now... You know, yeah. our health benefits are about to be cut and yada, no, yada. That, that is interesting because, yeah, just because um, you've got most of the writers on strike doesn't mean like the folks that could have kept their jobs from Drew's show. Now they're out a job again. So what? Yeah, like that. Yeah, it, that is a tricky situation. Speaking of apology videos, though, mm -hmm. have you been seeing those goofy posts floating around teasing celebrities like, oh, every celebrity in their expensive, you know, millions of dollar mansions has to have that one room with that one plain, modest looking wall <laughs> so they can look like they're just like one of us for their apology video that they're bound to have. That's so funny. It's so funny. But no, I haven't seen that. What I have seen, though, is um, so speaking of, you know, like the writer strike, the actor strike mm -hmm. still ongoing no conclusions there, but uh, I guess a bunch of celebrities have been auctioning off experiences mm -hmm. to raise money for all of these people that are about to lose their health care benefits because of the strike. Okay. And I haven't seen what people are legitimately auctioning off, but I've seen a lot of memes of what, <laughs> okay. what celebrities are quote unquote auctioning off to raise money for these people. And for instance, uh, one of them is um, dinner date with Leonardo DiCaprio, but under 25 years old <laughs> only. Or uh, uh, Leah Michelle tries to read to you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about the conspiracy that she doesn't know how to read. I think it's so funny. And also, <laughs> I've seen no proof yet that has, has convinced me that she can read. Well, she's probably thrilled about the writer's strike. It's like a bit of a load off her shoulders, less scripts to go through. This you know? is true. Yeah. yeah. I think she's on Broadway right now. We're just wrapped a Broadway run of um, Funny Face. Oh, funny. Yeah. No, well, nah, that's not right. I can't remember. <laughs> I a different show. I don't follow her too much. But mm -hmm. um, back to the apology video concept. The first time I saw it was actually a few weeks ago regarding... Ashton and Mila. Oh, yes. And they were, it was funny because they were um, sitting in front of this wall that kind of looked like, I don't know, kind of like to me, this kind of metal shanty sort of zigzaggy it textured like wall. Yeah, or like out on a patio. Yeah. Somewhere. And, like and then a, somebody totally calls them out and is like, yeah, you know, I saw that episode of that show on HGTV. I know exactly where you are in your house because I saw the <laughs> tour and they put it, they put like a, you know, zoomed out shot of the expensive, amazing, beautiful, like backyard area with that wall just kind of, Oh my like, gosh. That is so funny. Yeah. We, we see you trying to look like you're just one of us. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. I was actually about to talk about Ashton and Mila because 
again, an update here. Mm-hmm. We had talked about them um, writing their letters for Danny Masterson. And this is just the the saga that keeps on giving, honestly, because they had written these letters because they know him as a friend. They'd gotten in hot water over it. And when we had talked about this last time, I had said, hey, well, you know what? I tend to think that there's some merit to what they have to say because I have only ever known them in Hollywood to be kind of upstanding down to earth people. And they are literally on the board of an organization that fights sex trafficking. Well, since that time, they have released an apology video, which um, debatable if it's believable. A lot of people are saying they look like they were held at gunpoint to make this hmm. video. They're so uncomfortable. They're both scowling in the video like, yeah, we uh, realize that this may be you know, construed as us not believing victims and re-traumatizing people that have actually been victims of sexual assault and rape. And that's not how we intended this. We were just speaking to the person that we know, but clearly that was a an error on our part. Hmm. So we made this apology video and people were like, yeah, yeah. And then they stepped down. So Ashton was chairman of the board of Thorn, the organization that fights sex trafficking. And Mila was also a member of the board. And they have since resigned and oh. stepped down from their roles because of this drama. Oh which, my gosh, that's really... Again, like, grow backbone. Like, well, you, you clearly believe in this cause. Like, you were doing good work. Well, but I wonder, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe grow backbone. Or maybe there was, they were uh, asked to step down. Maybe potentially. Maybe their behavior in this but trial then, is something that offended Thorne and, and they were asked to be removed or something. And they just said, okay, we won't make a fuss. We'll resign. That's true. But I mean, I guess my point there is still like then Thorne, you know, whoever, if if they were asked to leave, who was in charge of that decision? Because don't don't you think that you were doing good work? Don't you think that having their power behind your organization? But maybe not now. Was, maybe maybe not. that's the thing. Maybe what they've done here is a bad look for Thorne to keep them on because it looks like they have people who aren't going to support them when, you know, push comes to shove or something like Maybe, but I guess my thought is just that these people that are constantly calling for canceling of everybody for having their own thoughts and opinions are fickle people. They don't follow up on this stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, okay, we boohoo Ashton and Mila, you know, we're friends with Danny and maybe that can be misconstrued. Maybe the women that came forward truly experienced something horrible at Danny Masterson's hands and maybe Ashton and Mila coming forward on his behalf re-traumatize them. I don't like using that word. I, I think it's an overstatement. On it. Yeah, I, I think, think it's an overstatement. I think it's not fair to throw that around I like was it about means to nothing. Say that. And yes, it's an overstatement. It um, takes meaning away from the word and the experience when it's true. Yes. But also, it's not the job of Mila and Ashton or anyone for that matter, and certainly not celebrities just because they're celebrities, to tiptoe because they might traumatize or re-traumatize someone because we choose to consume media and read about celebrities and listen to their statements and watch their videos. We choose to absorb that. It is like if we find that we come across something that re-traumatizes us or brings up an experience, a trigger warning, bro, that's my problem. Like, it is and not you know theirs. They don't have to apologize to me. You know what? I'm I'm gonna double down on this. I actually don't think that re-traumatize 
is a word at all. Actually, I, I was going to say, the more I, I say it, I don't like saying it. No. I don't think it's a word. I don't think it's a word. You know why? Because what does that imply? It implies that the trauma, if it was even trauma in the mm-hmm. first place that you suffered, is now just being poked at, right? Like you're you're hurt again by the trauma. That would be the point of trauma, right? Is that it's carried with you. It's actually like this wound that you have. It's not re-traumatizing. It's just like, no, it's it's just recalling your trauma. It's just re- bringing back to mind whatever you suffered. And to that end, trauma is a pretty rare thing, I think. I don't I think most people experience trauma. I know. I um, think we even talked about this once, like many, many, many weeks ago. Well, it's been in my notes for a while. <laughs> and I can't remember why I had it there. I had come across something that had had triggered me yeah Uh, apparently yeah but i had wanted to talk about trauma and i never did and here we are there are plenty of horrific things that can traumatize a person that most people never experience and i think and then to say things that you know like well me like i i constantly hear it as you know framed in terms of you know race and things like you know oh well being a minority in every situation in my life that's a trauma no that's not a trauma it's discomfort it's it's uncomfortable perhaps right and that's really only in certain scenarios if you've set a point to to make yourself stand out in that way but no that's not trauma well, then I wonder, though, because I'm not like somebody who's going to police your choice of words and all that. And I do think that people say trauma in casual instances. And we all know what we mean. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Well, sure. Like, there's hyperbole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think that's also fine. But it's only when people say it in a serious fashion and they're actually using that word, like, to give themselves, to make themselves feel more like a victim, to give themselves some kind of power. Um, as an as a personal little anecdote here, so I, I got my master's degree several years ago, and I had taken a gap between my undergrad and my master's. So when I went back, it was much more casual. I was taking classes, you know, at night, whatever. Some yeah. of them were online. It was mostly, you know, adults, like middle-aged, later-life adults in these classes with me. And it was education courses. I was getting my master's in secondary education. I was in a class. I can't even remember what the class was. It was some kind of mandatory diversity in education. (laughs) Crap. Anyway, this is a room full of mostly very, very, um, I would say, we follow the media to a T, like whatever whatever narrative they put out, we buy it kind of group. Okay. And someone had said there were a lot of, um, you know, people of different races and ethnicities and things in this class. And it was very contentious at most times. And somebody had said something one week about her trauma as, as a Hispanic woman. And I was like, well, that's not trauma though. That's, and I, and I called her out. Well, this made the conversation very uncomfortable. Hmm. The fo- it was a once a week class. What a traumatizing <laughs> conversation it sounds like. Yeah. The following class, there were like five people that did not come. And the teacher addressed it as like the conversation we had had the previous week had triggered them so much that O-M-G. they had to not come to class. And I could not believe That's it. outrageous. Okay. I actually have a little more to say regarding the Danny Masterson case and loads of other things. So stick around and we'll be with you in a minute. Everything will be fine. 
magazine on air. Okay, so this song, I didn't even think about this. It's called Danny's All-Star Joint. I picked it not really realizing how much we were going to be talking about the Danny Masterson case. But here we are. I just have a little bit of follow-up with that as well. A little ominous, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so I just saw this pop up um, a couple days back. September 18th, apparently, Danny Masterson's wife, how do you say her name? Bijou. Bijou. Yeah. She filed for divorce. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah, she filed for divorce on September 18th. And the couple has been together since 20... Well, they've been together for longer. I think they met in like 2005 or six, but they've been married since 2011. So they've had a long marriage. They have a nine-year-old daughter. Yep. And according to like all accounts of the trial, she was very in support of him. She was there in the courtroom. She was standing by him. Everything seemed like, you know, like this is a shock. But sure enough, not even two weeks after he's convicted... She cites irreconcilable, uh, irreconcilable differences. Why can't irreconcilable. I say? I'm struggling. I said it right. Irreconcilable. There you go. Differences. Yes. Like what? That's what everybody cites. But yeah. can you? I, I I don't know what you, you mean, think about. You this. mean the fact that he's gonna be in jail for 30, for 30 years minimum? Yeah, but like, is that is that the protocol? You know, your spouse goes to jail, so oh, okay, divorce time. Like, well, it's awfully. It's awfully weird to think that that's what she would do, given the fact that they have a nine-year-old daughter. That too. Like, that doesn't change the fact that somehow there's going to be some kind of visitation or something. They're going to have to f- to navigate that. And I can't believe that it's going to make it easier right. if she's divorced from him. And so immediately, too. Unless Even if you were like, this is taking a toll, this is a strain, I don't know how this is going to work. Okay, but immediately you don't like. Yeah, I wonder, though. I mean, I would almost say that if it had happened during the trial, that that's one of those things that, no, it doesn't mean that he's guilty, but kind of led lends itself to, you know, oh, well, maybe maybe there is some truth to it. But the fact that it happened after makes me wonder if maybe it was some agreement they had like, hey, you know what? Like if this happens and I'm locked away, like don't hold yourself back. You know, and I wonder because it's that was quick and he blew her a kiss when he left the courtroom and she was in tears. And I wonder if maybe there's more to it. I wonder if it's not straight up just like, oh, you're in jail. I'm going to divorce you. Maybe. But still, even so, I feel like if it's an agreement, because like to for her to better make life simple for her, it could still wait a minute. I feel like it's more complicated right off the bat. You've probably had a lot you're working through. And I don't know, man. I don't know what it looks like, what paperwork looks like or whatever when your spouse goes to jail. But I don't mm. know. It's just think, I think that's interesting. And I, I mean, it might be asset it, protection. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's a good call. So if, oh. if they go after him civilly, and try to sue him if she divorces him and she gets some sort of settlement then they can't go after her those are that's her assets and her money and the child's money and the child's money so it would then split it up Mm, that's my guess by the way this is our guest producer for the evening this is my husband yeah if you don't recognize that voice it's because it's not ethan right yeah so say hi michael hi 
<laughs> no, that's a great point. Yeah, I wonder if this is maybe more amicable of a divorce than a lot of the other ones we've been seeing lately, including the Sophie and Joe drama. Yeah. Apparently she's gained something like 150,000 followers since the oh, news wow. broke. And people are calling this like a wave of Stunt. feminist support. Oh. No. And I'm rolling my eyes at that. But whatever. You know, who knows? Nobody knows any of the details really on any of these fronts. And <laughs> honestly, we never really do. So, you know, it's all speculation. All you can go off of is the track record that we have on any of these people. And, yeah. And, you know, things like character letters from people that know them. Yeah. No, this is actually really interesting, though. And, Michael, you bring up a good point. It actually kind of makes it seem more of a loving action and a smart action. And, oh, gosh, it's just... I really wonder of what the real actual truth is with this case and if it's ever going to be known or proven or... Well, you know what, though? That's my beef is that it's not like we ever really know, right? right? It's not like somebody has video that can prove one way or another. And that's what the trial was supposed to be. And unfortunately, it leaves more questions than answers for a lot of people just because of the way the Me Too movement has affected the way these things go. Right. I mean... I don't know if you've seen that Russell Brand is in the news lately. Um, he's just been accused of some rapes and sexual assaults and yada yada. Before the news broke officially, he had come and made a statement about, you know, ah, there's I've been accused of some horrific things and this is about to break. And, um, you know, they basically this all happened supposedly like 10 years ago or something back when he was like a celebrity for being an actor and being, you know, a train wreck uh, mm -hmm. in Hollywood you know and it's interesting because now that he's kind of less famous than he used to be he hosts podcasts and he does a lot of interviews and he is a very thoughtful person actually he's I think experienced a lot of growth and you know is very interesting to listen to yeah. he also asks a lot of questions and well, goes after thing. he's a little controversial he's very controversial <laughs> and people think that he's you know icarus flying too close to the sun and getting too close to the truth on things yeah and so isn't it convenient that three women from his past at the same time anonymously mm -hmm. come forward with allegations and again this is the problem it's like could there be truth to this sure there could be and that would be unfortunate for these women to not get justice if that's the case. Right. But it makes it pretty incredible when things come about in such a way. There's always a strategy to it that's affecting somebody's career at a very inopportune time or they're um, all anonymous and it's three separate allegations, but they came forward 10 years later coincidentally together. Like, what are the odds of that? I was going to say is the, the latest news on that is it was a, a reporter that reached out to these women individually and asked them if they wanted to be a part of this story. These women did not initiate the conversation around Russell Brand. It was a reporter. Even that's going better. Hmm. Well, that's that's good news on that front because it's definitely uh, less damning there on for him right. it's interesting though i don't know if you've seen the clips of katherine mcphee there's a clip of her um on a late night talk show 
So Russell Brand was the the guest, and then Catherine came on after him. And you know how that rotation goes, where the person in the mm-hmm. closest seat scoots to the next one, and the new guest comes on. Right. Well, Russell didn't scoot; he stayed in the seat. So Catherine comes out, and there's kind of this awkward like, ah, ha, ha. yeah. And then he's like, oh, you can sit here, and you know he's playing up the game. Of course. And she sits on his lap, and it's like goofy. And then you know he's like grabs around the waist, whatever. She's clearly like participating in yeah. this, you know, goofy shuffle of like, ah, ha, ha, like, you know, I'm so, yeah. you know, and they're both like, oh, you're so pretty. And so I guess this reporter or a reporter pulled this video and it's resurfaced now. And Catherine McPhee has said, like, do not pull me into this. Right. This is 10 years old. This was a fully consensual, like goofy, harmless thing. Like, I want nothing to do with this. I, I love that she came out and said that. I agree. I'm like, seriously? More even- people need to chime in if that's the case. And I feel like a lot of people don't. Right. It's like, even if, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, clearly nothing that happened there was criminal. And if you watch the video, it's pretty apparent that like, it's all in good fun. And it's just a goofy little bit. But most people would have been brainwashed to think, you know, that that moment, like take the Catherine McPhee person and replace her with a different woman of today yeah you know even though that was 10 years ago she's probably in therapy and she's probably working through things and she'd probably be like oh my gosh no that moment was definitely a part of my journey and like it definitely just confirmed for me the way that my you know relationship with men in my life has harmed me blah 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 like Mm -hmm. so many people do dwell on those things from 10 years ago in those little moments and say yeah it was consensual so i thought but i wasn't actually on second thought i was just brainwashed to consent right or Or i never or he never explicitly asked me and i never explicitly said yes and so it was coercion and right you know it's it's interesting how we always want to have it both ways, right? Like, well, women are independent. When Women are strong. They can do anything a man can do except, like, decide to make, you know, sexual decisions without it being coercion unless there's explicit verbal agreement. Right. It's like, I don't understand wh- how you think you can play both games. Like, you're so helpless that you know anything could be construed as sexual assault i mean we talked last week when we were talking about the chris williamson video right about how something like 23 percent of gen z women say that any male coming up to them constitutes a potential sexual harassment like are you kidding me like what is that where where did you get that that's what i'm saying i i I don't well i'm not saying that i haven't said this at all yet but yeah i don't know where do young women get that impression because i am curious it's definitely drilled it is us and me as well like it's definitely drilled to be cautious and careful and to some extent and i I started saying this in, in our episode last week but i really actually didn't get to talk about it at all we ran out of time but it's definitely smart to be cautious careful take you know, measures, don't be naive, yada, yada. We're taught all these things. And, but also when are you being too cautious and too careful? Because yeah, we are so, it's drilled to always be mistrustful of guys or they're manipulating Mm -hmm. you or they, you know, we are taught that. So it's, it's It's, nuanced and it's, you know, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm getting a little off topic from what we were sharing before, but, but it is. And it's, I I think that it's one of those things where, you know, we're so divided and we've talked about that as a concept before, generally in the great scope of, you know, oh, we all have social media, but, you know, we're not connected to to communities and whatever. But also, I feel like even on 
<laughs> gender lines, mm-hmm. like women and men are divided, right? Like men are constantly being um, vilified. Women are constantly being victimized by the media, like, you know, treated as victims, mm-hmm. even though they're not, um, you know, and allowed to get away with saying and doing anything. You can come out and say anything against anybody you want. If you scream, you know, it's boy who cried wolf. You can scream rape against anybody. You can scream sexual harassment against anybody. You don't have to have proof of anything. And it really makes it unfortunate for people that have been actually victims of any of these crimes because it makes their stories unbelievable and it makes their experiences unbelievable. And then you are creating a culture of victims. Like that yeah. cannot come out and cannot be heard without being ridiculed. Right. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I've talked about Jessica Krause before. Uh, she goes by House Inhabits on Instagram. Her handle changed. No, it didn't. What is that? Her, that her, her account got flagged and deactivated. She has a backup account called House Inhabits house inhibited Mm. and so she was posting on that one for a moment um but then her account got reinstated and instagram issued an apology and said you actually didn't violate our terms Hmm. anyway she um had just gone to this event that was uh promoted in la it was called did the sexual revolution fail women Mm -hmm. and she's been promoting this uh as a ticketed event for a while um it was led by barry weiss who is a pretty controversial journalist. And uh, I guess that the event was interesting. All the mainstream news outlets are reporting that it was a you know train wreck and that these women sounded completely unintelligent. And it was hmm. just, you know, oh, of course, this isn't a quote unquote, this isn't a right wing at all. How dare you even suggest that event, which it wasn't. It wasn't. Right. But, it, but um, I guess they must have taken it that way because I guess the feminist talking points did not hit their mark with this group. Right. And so I obviously wasn't at the event. I don't have full coverage of that, but it sounded very interesting. Grimes was one of the speakers. Um, really? Yeah. And if that name's unfamiliar. She, again, has three children with Elon Musk and is in some kind of custody battle over them right now. But, you know, she's she's one of those. They, they're not married, but she strategically had three children with, like, the wealthiest man in the world. Mm-hmm. So... Her point of view on this was probably pretty interesting. And then some other women as well. And I don't know. I think that we're not the only people wondering where have we gone wrong here? What, why are we not um, finding success like we were promised? Yeah. When, when we broke out of this traditional housewife model. And like back to the, you know, trusting men and all that. Why, why is it that Gen Z and our generation right now is so distrustful of men and at the same time hookup culture is just so outrageous you know so it's like how are we not successfully trusting people enough to build an actual connection with them and yet we're being so frivolous with something that's actually so intimate and trusting inherently and it's like this is so well we contradictory it is and it we've downplayed what that means right especially when you can you know, okay, well, I'm uncomfortable in my body as a woman and men are intimidating, but you know what's less intimidating? If maybe like the men that I'm around aren't that manly and maybe I'm not that girly. Maybe I just am, maybe, maybe I'm not a girl at all. Maybe I'm fluid. Maybe I don't go by she, maybe I go by they, them. 
What does that even mean? Maybe, Maybe I don't I'm have to worry about rejecting people or being rejected because I can just say, oh, yeah, no, I'm asexual. Therefore, exactly. you know, just leave, Maybe leave this part of out of my life. I don't want to deal with this. Okay, well... Anyway, <laughs> when we come back, we've got some op-eds this week that uh, are a little bit more lighthearted. So stick around. Talking you. The magazine on air. Talking you. Magazine on air. For the longest time. What a classic song. All right. What would you do if there were like six of you to harmonize with yourself? What song oh, would you sing? Well, probably that one. That's not a fair <laughs> question leading after that. Uh, but every song, all the songs, I would I would do those videos that people used to make back when, you know, Macs were new and you had the um, photo booth app and you could put yourself on like four screens at once, you yeah. know, and that was novel. And people would make videos of them recording different parts. I'd do that. Yeah, but like if there were six of you at once, it would be so much easier. Well, yeah, because we could be on the same screen. Yeah. Also terrifying. (laughs) I don't want that. Uh, Speaking of classic songs, classic things, I have a little topic for you before we get into our op-ed. The show The Wonder Years. Yes. We know this show. People know this show. The Wonder Years is a show... From the 1980s, came um, it went into the 90s for like five or six years. It was a thing. And Fred Savage. Fred Savage was our leading guy. He was a kid and grew up into his teens over the course of the show. And it was set 1968 to 1973. You know, it covered the, the social and family life of that era in a really thoughtful, beautiful way. I think it's a, an excellent show but uh, in recent years, they made a reboot. I didn't realize that that had happened yet. I heard rumors of that. Yeah, they made a reboot, and I didn't know much about it. And I actually, yeah, I guess I didn't know it had happened either. It came out in 2021. The Wonder Years reboot came out. Hmm. And Fred Savage was a co-creator, okay. which I didn't know. Interesting. Yeah, and <laughs> word just came out that after the second season now, it's being canceled. Well... That's not really a shock to me. Now, here's the this shtick with the second one here, this reboot, is that it's centered around a black family in Montgomery, Alabama. Hmm. So we've got a different perspective. Same era, same idea, I suppose, but just a different culture, a different race that it's focusing on. And what I found to be more interesting, because I, I was interested to see, like, why did it get canceled? Did it have bad reviews? What's going on? I never watched an episode, so I don't know about, like, the content. Was it as thoughtful and interesting? I'm inclined to think it probably was. I hope it was. Fred Savage was a part of it. Yeah, but he was also a kid when the show was on. So True. What does that what does that entail? But, I mean, the original was such magic. I think you couldn't live up to it, even if you were doing a decent job with your show. You just can't live up to the original. But what I found to be really interesting is apparently... Fred Savage, he was director and executive producer for the first season, mm-hmm. but then he was fired. What? For a misconduct. Okay, do we have details on that? So I, I found an article of Fred commenting on it. Huh. Um, and like a little, there's a little bit on it, but I'm not really sure what the allegations fully were, if they were, you know, just allegations or not. But apparently 
there were women on set that were uncomfortable because Fred Savage had a much younger woman on set with him. And it seemed like they had a strange relationship and it made these girls uneasy. Hmm. Fred is married and has three children. So like how old are these kids? I don't know. Okay. Um, But you know, he's a family guy as far as everyone knows. So like this younger woman on set, I guess made these crew members uncomfortable. Also, they alleged that his conduct included verbal harassment and one alleged assault of a former crew member and crew members spoke to the outlet anonymously. Uh huh. So I really am not sure if all That's these were so true or not. But enough that like they fired the guy off the show. So now I wonder if the show took a turn in the second season. How does it compare to the first season? Is it yeah. different, or you know, if that's noticeable? And I just hmm. found that really interesting. It was that's, information I wasn't really aware of. No, I don't really know a lot about Fred Savage. Um, I never really did, I guess. My strongest memory of him, honestly, is from The Princess Bride. Right. So I don't know what his life has been like in the past, you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, you never know what truth could be out there. There are plenty of family men that aren't actually family men. Totally. And again... Here we go. I know. Ties kind of back in. Like, okay, alleged this, alleged that. What's the truth? Right. What's just the feeling you get? Right. What's worth ruining someone's life over? Who knows? And and then on the flip side of that, I can also see a scenario where that would be uncomfortable if there's truth to it. Absolutely. So I'm curious. I don't know. But to be honest, I don't know who was asking for a Wonder Years reboot in the first (laughs) place. I've said this time and time again. I just wish that we could write new stories, period, instead of continually remaking classics that people hold dearly. They never live up. They're never going to live up. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Let the dream go. Write something new. Do something different. Yep. Anyway. Disney owned the reboot. Yes. Well, you know, it had to be somebody. (laughs) So, uh... I have an op-ed. You have an op-ed. How are we feeling? Um, you hmm. feeling you feeling real lighthearted? You feeling feisty? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think one's more lighthearted than the other? Because I think that mine is is less lighthearted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. All right. Let's let's, let's kick start with mine. So yeah. Anna and I have talked about this girl before. Her name is Alex Clark. She uh, works for um, T. USA, so Turning Point USA, and she has her own pop culture show. She's a personality, yada, yada. Love her. She's great. Well, lately she's been making comments about short hair. And she doesn't even mean like pixie short, itty bitty short. She just means like a bob, like shoulder length short. Right. She is getting all up in arms and making very bold statements that no man wants a girl with a bob. That's her take. That that's is, her take. That's period. Like, she's going to die on that hill. She is passionate about that. Yes. Uh, she, like nobody looks good except for the occasional 0.001% of women that maybe it totally works for them. Yes. I just think that's such an outrageous statement personally. Personally. I think it's so funny. But it's funny. I think it's funny because we've talked about her before in that her audience is very... Um, it's funny. They follow her, you would think, for a reason because they get her <laughs> sense of humor and her dry style of delivery and whatever. But but then they get really heated and upset anytime she makes 
a strong stance, especially when it's a controversial one, you would think that the topic of hair would be pretty lighthearted. Yes, but, right? Yeah, but people not are... Just... But so many of the comments under her initial post on that were, well, I've had a bob since 1992 and my husband loves it. And he yeah. just says I'm the most beautiful. It's like, yeah, Gretchen, we know. We get it. Okay. <laughs> I like, know. Yeah. And people making comments like... Oh, yeah, I really I unfollowed her now and I don't like care because she said we were all ugly if we had short hair. And I just think like she said we could never get married if we had short hair. And so divisive. Holy moly. She's just passionately and funnily making a quirky opinion in an entertaining way. Do you guys ever watch Seinfeld? I mean, just look at people who have personalities and uh, (laughs) accept the fact that she's got one. I know. I disagree with her. I do too. And if actually. you know what I look like, you'll be like, mm, duh, because I have a bob. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not even why I disagree with her. No, that's I've not, had bobs. But. I've also had bobs that I agree made me look like a naked mole rat and yeah. should not have happened. And they were, were they were you know yeah. big mistake. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I don't think it looks good all the time. But like, I don't think I think I think it's so absolutely ignorant to say that men wouldn't find a woman attractive with a bob like some girls it's like it can be a really like hot haircut like it can textured and styled and like it's just I you know. just have to rock it and then you rock it period like all it i'm really saying matter. is like if we're i mean and we're talking shorter than a bob we're talking like a pixie cut mm-hmm. here you're telling me that marissa, marissa tomei, tomei and you, only you throw right. it back you're telling me that She's not universally Any guy gorgeous. Would turn her down, right? Yeah, no. uh, yeah, yeah. You you're guys, out of your mind. You guys are mistaken. What? In, in one one regard, no one, no guy's gonna turn down Marissa Tomei. But if they had to take Marissa Tomei with that hair or Marissa Tomei with other hair, they'd choose the other hair. Any other hair? Well, well. longer, longer <laughs> hair is what, okay. I'm, what I'm saying. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't hmm. make Marissa okay. Tomei less hot. Thanks yeah. for the opinion. We didn't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. okay, that's fair. Like, that's yeah, fair. you can take a gorgeous woman and say pixie or long hair. And maybe sure. every guy is going to say long hair. But, but, but you know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to take an opposite stance here and say that while I wish I was the person that could have Rapunzel hair that was beautiful and long and thick and voluminous, I know myself. I know my hair. I'm never getting that unless I buy extensions. And, so sometimes you got to work with what you got and it's not the most flattering thing for me to grow my hair out when it's flat and thin and have it down to my butt when it's not healthy and right. it's way more attractive for me to work with the volume and the movement I can get when it's shoulder length. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, so Alex herself, the one making these comments, she has been rocking extensions lately and she's someone who kind of likes that slightly more glam look extension she gets filler longer nail yeah longer nails so like she always looks great she always put together but a little more done up than your average girl yeah well she recently got her extensions out and got a haircut and i think it's funny because she's just been talking about this short hair debacle and then she goes and gets her haircut and it's not what she wanted and it's shorter than she wants and she has been having throwing a fit crying she's like so upset she's like funny about it but she's like just being so dramatic about this terrible haircut it's actually hilarious especially because it's like past her shoulders yeah and and to be honest 
I think that on most people, the really long extensions look and the filler and the whatever that a lot of times go hand in hand, mm-hmm. that women are convinced makes them look better. I think that most guys don't like that. I think maybe maybe they like the hair, but everything that goes along with it, mm, I think it's tacky and it's over the top. And, and they guys appreciate who like it. that, they just like, or guys who just like obvious things. Right. Who probably also don't even know she's wearing makeup. You yeah. probably don't realize her nails are fake. People like <laughs> the oblivious guys who just go for the obvious and hey, whatever, that's right. fine. But like in my experience as somebody who has had pixie cuts and bobs and blue hair and yep. I've done it. I've done it all, you guys. Just okay? to be clear, it was very cute blue. Thank it was you. like icy. I know you didn't love it. And I know that people listening are like, oh my God, liberal blue hair. No, it didn't look like that though. It was very cute. That's what I'm saying. Like I rocked it. And it you almost did. had like a purple tone and yeah. one one version and a silver tone and another, whatever. Um, but all that to say is I've tried loads of different hair and guess what? Like the guy that's right for me is going to be cool with that. and might even think I'm cooler for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I got, you know, like, I just mean you, you don't have to just be obvious for the sake of the general male population. You do True. what you think you like for yourself, what you think makes you look good and makes you confident. And the right guy is going to either not notice cause he's oblivious enough or like it and think that that makes you cooler. And let's be honest. Uh, there are a lot of things that women do that guys hate, right? I've never met a guy that likes a jumpsuit. <laughs> never met a guy that appreciates a romper. They don't get it. They don't yeah. understand what you're doing in a onesie. And <laughs> I personally love them. So, yeah. you know, whatever. It's fine. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. I think that as a statement, it was very funny. I thought that it was hilarious that she took such a strong stance on this. And I think it's even funnier Mm -hmm. that her audience is so square that they can't handle the comment. And they're like, no, short hair is great. And to follow this up with her having a catastrophe of a haircut, which by the way, quote unquote catastrophe, it looks so much more chic. It looks amazing. Like she looks great with this hair. She looks so much more chic than she did with those rat tail extensions (laughs) she had. They were tacky. They were so long and tacky. They look fake. You look like a bad Barbie. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, I don't know. I think it's one thing, yeah, to to actually buy into that and then like change yourself for, you know, but guys don't like that. Like, no, guys will get over it. Right. But but no, Michael, to your point, I do think that you're right that most guys uh, appreciate long hair. But to your point, Anna, I do think also you work with what God gave you. Okay. We don't all have the hair that's a equipped to grow to those lengths mine does not grow long like no. that like i get to a certain point and it just stops looking good and it starts looking ratty and it really stops growing yep maybe i just have bad hair health i don't know i could up my hair hygiene who knows but like <laughs> i know so i just do what complements me my hair style my face shape you know that's what we're all doing and guys will never understand those nuances so no. like they'll just think short hair or long hair i guess long hair well the meme you don't of, understand it's the, it's the meme of the guy with the you know like three in one shampoo conditioner body wash <laughs> right. and you know oh my skin looks so great and i use a freaking bar of soap and you've got like a seven step routine and yeah you know, still have breakouts guys are dumb that's the point i don't know i don't know <laughs> well anyway we don't have time to get to the other op-ed so you guys will just have to come back next week next week being sunday 10 p.m on news talk stl for sr1 sundays and i guess um 
Now we'll be back in back in town then. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll we'll be back in St. Louis and uh, we'll be with you. So see you then. Magazine on air. This is S.